Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 28th of August, 2023, the 11th of Elul, 5783, coming to you today from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Hope you're well, hope you're safe in your part of the world. I just got back from vacation. Five days in beautiful northern Israel on the shores of the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee. Much needed R&R up there in the north. Such a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Definitely much warmer up there than it is here in Jerusalem and certainly than it is in the Gush Etzion area in Judea. But just so much to do. A lot of time in the in the water in the natural streams of the north and also a lot of time indoors in the air conditioning but it was great to get away recharge refresh and now back to reality folks back to the news here on this week's podcast very sadly last week a nursery school teacher murdered in a terrorist attack on the roads near Hebron, Hebron, but Sheva Nagari, may God avenge her blood, was murdered in a terrorist attack. A resident of Beit Haggai who grew up and was a kindergarten teacher or a nursery school teacher in Efrat. And then you had last Shabbat in Hawara. We talked about this last week on the show. You had the murder of a father and son Silas Shai Negrecker and his son Aviad Nir. So those two deadly terrorist attacks last week. Yesterday morning at the weekly cabinet meeting, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that Hamas and Iran will pay full price for their terrorist attack against Israel. This is what he said again at the start of the weekly cabinet meeting after a Hamas senior leader threatened regional warfare, threatened war against Israel. The prime minister said Hamas and other Iranian proxies understand very well that we will fight with all means against their attempts to promote terrorism against us in Judea and Samaria. It says here, West Bank, I don't use that word, in Gaza and everywhere else. This reported by the Jerusalem Post. The prime minister continued, whoever tries to harm us, Whoever finances, whoever organizes, whoever sends terror against Israel will pay the full price. Again, the prime minister broadcasting this message last week as well after those two deadly terrorist attacks in which three Israelis were, were murdered. Iran, Israel rather, blamed both Iran and Hamas for the attacks, linking the latest wave of terrorism in particular to funding from Iran. So that's the situation on the ground. Very, very tense, very heated. This latest wave of terror, which you could argue started way back in March of 2022. I mean, it's hard really to tell where one wave starts and where it finishes. I mean, this has been going on for uh, generations now. These attacks against the Jewish people here in the state of Israel. And we'll have to see what this government does, this so-called right-wing government, which is being criticized all over the place for being too right-wing. Let's see what they do 
in terms of creating a real and true deterrence against the terrorists, perhaps having to deal with the head of the snake itself, with Iran, not only in regard to their nuclear ambitions, but in regard to these nearly daily terrorist attacks throughout Judea and Samaria and and other parts of Israel. As all that is going on, JNS reported yesterday, and this is the Biden administration, once again, this is their solution here, which of course remains a two-state solution or the end of the state of Israel, because that's what a two-state solution would bring. The Biden administration told the Israeli government last week it would have to make considerable concessions to the so-called Palestinians, the PA Arabs, if a U.S.-brokered deal with Saudi Arabia is to succeed. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken told Israel's Strategic Affairs Minister Ron Dermer, who was in Washington several weeks ago, that Israel's government is misreading the situation if it, if, if, if it presumes it won't need to make concessions. Two U.S. officials told Axios, the news website, Saudi Arabia will need to show Muslims the world over that it succeeded in extracting promises from Israel regarding the Palestinians, their words, not mine, in return for a normalization deal, said Blinken. Saudi Arabia is also requesting American help for a Saudi civilian nuclear program. So that is the story here again this week that Israel according to the United States, will have to make concessions for peace. Because every single time Israel's made concessions, it got peace, right? And obviously I'm being sarcastic. Every time Israel made concessions, it got nothing but war and violence and terrorism. You can talk about Lebanon. You can talk about Gaza, certainly. You can talk about Israel pulling out of parts of Hebron. Back in, I think, what was it, 1997 or whatnot. And remember, remember how Secretary, just to show you how wrong the Americans are here, the Biden administration, I should say, not the American people or the American public, but remember how Secretary of State John Kerry said that without concessions to the Palestinian Authority, to the PA Arabs, Israel would never have peace with any of its neighbors. He said it emphatically. Well, he was wrong then, and Blinken is wrong this time. The Saudis don't care about the PA Arabs, okay? They know the situation. They get it. They want to be able to protect themselves against Iran. They want normalization. On the surface, they have to show that they care, okay? That's what they got to do. But the U.S., once again, using fear tactics against Israel and this is what weak administrations like the Biden, like the Biden administration or the or the Obama administration. This is what they do. They call for building freezes in Judea and Samaria. They call for concessions. But for this, folks, is the Middle East where strength rules. And these people, this administration in Washington, they just don't get it or they don't care. The definition of insanity, trying the same thing time and time again and expecting different results. And that's what they're trying to do. You want peace with Saudi Arabia? It's going to cost you concessions. Concessions, concessions. They're very big on forcing, trying to force Israel to make concessions as they sit 5,000 miles away where we have Hamas and other terror organization, organizations shooting 
targeting women and children on the roads on a daily basis. It's very easy to say, right? Just keep making more and more concessions. Turn over more and more land to the corrupt and evil Palestinian Authority. And hope for the best. But at least you tried, right? You got to try. You got to try to make peace, right? You only make peace with your enemies. You don't make peace with your friends. How many times have you heard that garbage, that nonsense? The United States in World War II defeated Japan before making peace. First, you have a victory, a decisive victory, and then you go for peace. Not the other way around. You don't make concessions and hope that the enemy is going to give up because you are making absurd concessions. Absurd. Let's put it at that. Turning, over, turning more strategic territory over to the corrupt Palestinian Authority, which eventually will most likely end up in the hands of Hamas. But Hamas, the PA, two sides of the same coin. Doesn't make a difference to me, even though it makes a difference to some. People are afraid of the vacuum it will create. You, you, can't, you can't let the Palestinian Authority fall or there will be a vacuum. That's what they said in Gaza and Hamas took over. And then Israel went and legitimized Hamas because you can't have a vacuum. Because then if you have a vacuum, you ha- you'll have Palestinian, Palestinian Islamic Jihad take over. There's always one terrorist organization that's somehow better, a better fit than another terrorist organization. And I will never subscribe to that. Evil is evil is evil. And Israel needs to come up with a deterrence against terrorism and needs to stand strong against those who are calling for concessions which will endanger the people of the state of Israel. But that's not where we are right now, folks. Maybe eventually we will get there. Anyway, one of the top stories, everyone is up in arms against National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir. Again, once again, I mean, everything he does is wrong, according to the world community. Uh, the latest report here by JNS, <clears throat> excuse me, Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu on Friday clarified remarks made by National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir earlier in the week regarding Israeli security policy in Judea and Samaria. Speaking on Israel's Channel 12 television, Last Wednesday, Ben Gvir said, my right and my wife's and my children's right to get around on the roads in Judea and Samaria is more important than the right to movement for Arabs. The right to life comes before freedom of movement. And somehow that's controversial. That's racist to say that someone cares more about their children than they do about those, many of those who seek their destruction. And I'm not implying that all Arabs are bad, or all, all Arabs are trying to destroy us. But again, who is carrying out these attacks on a daily basis? So those were his comments. The right to life comes before freedom of movement by those who potentially seek your destruction. But his remarks drew widespread condemnation with a U.S. State Department spokesperson calling them inflammatory and racist. However, according to the statement from Netanyahu's office on Friday, Ben Gvir's intended message was that the right to life takes precedence over freedom of movement. I mean, it's crystal clear to me. 
Israel allows maximum freedom of movement in Judea and Samaria for both Israelis and Palestinians. These are their words, not mine. A statement from the government. Unfortunately, Palestinian terrorists take advantage of this freedom of movement to murder Israeli women and children and their families. The statement read, 34 civilians, by the way, have been murdered by terrorists in 2023. Arab terrorists, Muslim terrorists, many of them while, while driving home, including what we just talked about most recently, Batsheva uh, Nagiri, who was killed on Route 60 on August 21st in front of her 12-year-old daughter. In order, the statement continued, in order to prevent these heinous murders, Israel's security forces have implemented special security measure, measures in this area. That is what Minister Ben Gvir was talking about. The right to life precedes freedom of movement. And anybody with a moral compass would understand that. Israel will continue its policy of maintaining security while affording freedom of movement for both Israelis and Arabs, it says Palestinians here. So Ben Gvir, Minister Ben Gvir on Thursday defended his remarks, calling the uproar fake news spread by the, quote, Israeli radical left, that he said selectively cut a section out of my statement, purposefully misquoted him in order to slander him as a racist. He then went on Twitter and said the following. Here is his statement on Twitter. This is, this is Ben Gvir. This is how fake news is spread. I said yesterday on a TV broadcast that the right of Jews to live and not be murdered in terror attacks prevails over the right of Arabs in Judea and Samaria to travel on the roads without security restrictions. That is why check, checkpoints should be placed on roads where regular terrorism and shooting by jihadists are committed against Jews. But the Israeli radical left selectively cut a section, of, section out of my statement, purposefully misquoted even that and remove the context in order to slander me as if I had made a racist declaration that Jews deserve more civil rights than Arabs. This is exactly how the left continues to fan the flames. It's a long statement, folks. Flames of incitement in the world against the Israeli government. Because of their cynical strategy, we are now witness to a surge of Israel haters attacking me and the state of Israel. The left continues to cause harm to the state, just as they have hurt the economy, our social cohesion, and the IDF over the course of the last eight months. Shame on them. All Israel sympathizers, he says, share now. Share his quote now. Share his tweet now. So he says he was misquoted. He says it's all about the lives of his family, the lives of the citizens of the state of Israel, which take precedence over those who think they have the right to travel on the roads and drive up and down and to shoot at Jewish cars. I think it's crystal clear that that is what he meant. But, you know, and I'll give you another example here of of how the uh, the so-called left, and I don't really like using the term left, I would say that the radicals, continue to fan the flames of incitement against the Israeli government. All right, that's Ben Gvir. Now you have former Prime Minister Ehud Barak, reported by the Jerusalem Post, speaking to uh, AIPAC. He said that American Jews must not be afraid to oppose Israel's judicial reform, attacking the American Israel Public Affairs Committee for stifling debate against stifling debate regarding the Jewish state. Barak, our former prime minister, said, I'm a critic of AIPAC in a way. Uh, this was on a Zoom, apparently. 
AIPAC made it a rule to broadcast unison support for the government, Barack said, adding that he told them for the last five years that was a mistake. So, so when the when the so-called left is in control, when who Barack is in control, AIPAC should blindly support Israel. This is exa- this is essentially what he's saying. When the right is in control, however, AIPAC should be asking questions. That's how it goes for Prime Minister Barack, who will probably go down as the worst prime minister Israel's ever had. Now, I personally have issues with APAC, okay? Namely, that the last time I checked their website, they still support a so-called two-state solution. That's the last time I checked. I I don't go on there and check daily. But a bigger issue for me with this story is here you have a former Israeli prime minister speaking against Israeli leaders to a group who is in the business of lobbying for support of Israel. That's what APAC does. And again, I don't agree with everything APAC says or does or their policies, but their business is lobbying to support Israel. And that I support. Does he want them to stop supporting Israel based on who the prime minister is? So this, to me, is above and beyond what is acceptable. Okay, maybe somebody has evidence of another Israeli leader telling APAC to go hard on Israel's leadership. I don't know. I didn't research that. But in my opinion, Ehud Barak has lost it to speak to a pro-Israel organization and encourage them not to support Israel. I think that is above and beyond what is acceptable, what a former prime minister should be saying or doing. But I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares what is right, what is moral. His hate for this government, for Netanyahu, for whomever is so strong that he is willing to bash Israel and make Israel look bad in the eyes of the American Jewish community. Who knows? What if there was one college or high school kid on this on this Zoom and now decides instead of supporting Israel on campus, maybe he's going to support the PLO. Who knows? That's possible because of Ehud Barak, our former prime minister, telling APEC to stop supporting Israel the way it is right now. Despicable. Maybe I should open the show with this with this story because it's absolutely, absolutely above and beyond. Positive news here. There's a company out of Israel called Trisol Medical. And this is an Israeli medical device company. And this is there's a lot of medical talk here, and I don't understand it completely, but they, this company, Trisol Medical, successfully implanted its transcatheter tricuspid valve if i said that correctly in two patients in the united states the procedure involved the replacement of the tricuspid valve through a minimally invasive approach avoiding the need for a full bypass so these patients in the united states suffering from a problem with their heart to make it simple where this tricuspid valve does not close tightly enough Blood flows backwards through the heart's upper chamber. Okay. Problems with the heart. And it could lead to heart failure if, you, if it is not solved. And an Israeli company came in with this device. And uh, a procedure was carried out. Replacing the valve on two patients in their hearts. And essentially, potentially saving their lives. So... As always, I say to you, BDS, anti-Israel haters, if you are having this heart issue 
or the tricuspid valve is not working properly. And the only option is this Israeli using the technology, the medical technology of this Israeli company. That's your only option. Don't take the option. Let your heart go. Stand strong. Keep hating on Israel. Do not be a hypocrite. Do not use this technology. And again, I think this was, uh, you know, FDA approved, I think, or on its way towards approval or whatnot. I don't know how all this works. But bottom line is Israel saving lives in the United States, Israel saving lives in Africa, Israel saving lives around the world. And, um, and the BDS haters should stay away from any Israeli technology that's going to save their lives. Because that is the moral thing to do if you are sincere and strong in your anti-Israel hating beliefs. That's my message to BDS. Two sports stories here to conclude this week's podcast. Uh, this reported by Times of Israel. Israeli runner Marhu Teferi took silver, the silver medal in the men's marathon at the World Athletic Championships in Budapest on Sunday. This is the best Israel's ever done at a major event in the marathon. Um, Teferi is, has now made himself, through his running abilities, he is now a medal contender in next year's Paris Olympics. So amazing news, a silver medal, second place in the marathon for the Ethiopian-born Israeli Marhu Teferi. Congratulations to you, sir. Um, the time, if anybody is a marathon enthusiast, two hours, nine minutes, and 12 seconds. And the guy who won, the winning time was only uh, a minute or so. Uh, no, it's less than a minute or so. 208.53. So only it was only a matter of seconds. Um, the Israeli was very close to a gold medal. The silver medal, unbelievable, unbelievable result for the Israeli marathon runner. And now we'll have to see how he does in next year's Olympics. And if you want to talk about gold medals, on August 25th, three days ago, Reported by Israel 21C, Israel won its first ever group all-around gold medal at the World Rhythmic Gymnastics Championship. Um, and this actually cemented its place at next year's Paris Olympics, 2024 Paris Olympics. I don't know a lot about rhythmic gymnastics. I've seen it a little bit on television, but um, this was held in Spain. Uh, several days ago, three days ago, it was the 40th annual International Gymnastics Federation World Championships. Israel uh, winning the gold in the all-around uh, group competition. Congratulations to both the the uh, rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics team and the Israeli marathon runner. Amazing achievements. And on that, folks... We will conclude this week's podcast. My name is Josh Haston. I am in Jerusalem, the holy city, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, your social media platform of choice. Send me an email, josh at thelandofisrael.com. Happy to be in touch with you. Shout out to Tabitha Epstein for all the work she does behind the scenes here on the Land of Israel Network. Benjamin Bresky, Ben Bresky. Most importantly, everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Have a great week, everybody. Shalom, shalom.